Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Yeah, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along. Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning. It is the 27th of December, 2023. Hope you all had a great Christmas. If you are still on holiday, I hope you're enjoying the holiday period. If you are back at work today for a few days, uh, good luck. And I hope you enjoyed your four days off. Right around the country this morning, uh, Daniel Pedigree with you for the next hour before we get stuck into the breakfast shows uh, from around about 6am or whatever your local time is. We're going to have a special guest in the studio in just a second on the back of the cricket yesterday. Going to get into all matters of cricket from what happened yesterday and the first day of the Boxing Day test. And we'll talk about sport on Christmas Day and a lot more. A lot of other sport going on as well. Heaps of EPL. We'll talk more about that with John Gallo tomorrow morning, our soccer expert on uh, Tradies News in a nutshell. But we'll get through everything that has happened there. And whatever else you want to talk about, want to hear what you got up to over your Christmas break. Uh, now, for listeners in Sydney or New South Wales and Queensland, you'll be very familiar with this number, 1300 01 1170, our open line number today. But for listeners elsewhere, it is a different number. So 1300 01 1170, if you want to give us a call and ring up, you can text two numbers, 0457 736 736, or if you prefer to text 0433 98 11 16, you can get in contact that way. So 0457 736 736 or 0433 98 11 16. It's... Uh Wednesday morning, Christmas weekend done and dusted, Boxing Day test underway, so let's get stuck into this. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. And it is an honour to have Paul Dennett in the studio now for my regular listeners between uh, in New South Wales and Queensland, between 5 and 6am, 4 and 5am in Queensland. We chat once or twice a week, but first time in the studio. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Daniel. Morning, everyone. Yeah, it's great to be here. What a time of the year. I'm absolutely exhausted after yes. <laughs> <laughs> two days, uh, dual events on Christmas Day, mm. uh, and then a, um, a Boxing Day barbecue yesterday mm. where I um, made the mistake of joining in the game of backyard cricket, having a, a bit of a bung shoulder and then reached for a catch and it's now an even worse sol- shoulder. So I'm getting a scan oh. today. So that'll be fun. But yeah, great time of the year and um, happy to be here. We were talking the other morning for our listeners in New South Wales and Queensland about your Christmas Day before we get stuck into the cricket about what you do. You go to two different functions. You think you should swap them around, but you didn't do that this time, did you? No. So we go to Campbelltown first um, for my wife's family and then uh, down to Barrel for my uh, my side of the family. Mm. And they're both great. Mm. But I think that the thing is that the, the guys at Campbelltown play Trivial Pursuits in the second half of the day. Ah, and okay. I, at one point as a kid, I kind of memorized all the orange questions, the sport questions. Mm. Um, and so I can really make myself very unpopular by monopolizing the dice, <laughs> moving in the right direction. And, you know, th- they're all very good on other things, but mm. I feel like I should be there to dominate. Um, and then we get down to the barrel and it's awesome, but they've kind of, um, they've had their big 
big night the night before. And so, mm. yeah, I think maybe next year we could we could swap it around, I think. Swap yeah. it around. Suggest that uh, to the family. All right, let's get stuck in to the cricket. We'd love to hear from anyone listening in Melbourne this morning uh, on uh, 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736 433 Anyone that went to the Boxing Day test yesterday, and we'll get on to the crowd in a second. We do this all for the Makita XGT, part of our power play this morning. Experience professional cordless power without limits. Stumps, day one, Australia three for 187. Now, it was rain affected. I watched quite a lot of this yesterday. I thought Pakistan, and we spoke about this last week, they showed glimpses, um, especially in that half an hour, 40 minutes before the rain delay. Manus Lubbershane, Steve Smith were struggling just to hang in there, but then their fielding let them down, highlighted by the drop catch of Dave Warner very early on. I think he was only, what, five or six at that point in time. Yeah, Shafiq dropping that was so symptomatic of of Pakistan to a degree. And it, the, the the notable thing was that when it dropped out of his hands, mm. I wasn't surprised. I think I might have been surprised if he'd caught it, which is a horrible thing to say because it was an absolute sitter. Mm. Um, but I think bowling first was a brave decision, but the correct decision. I would hate to see what the Australian bowlers might have done to the Pakistan batting lineup on that pitch under those conditions. Mm. And the fact that the Aussies have only got 187, uh, Pakistan are still in this game. Now, uh, sort of... Every instinct is Travis Head's going to come out on day two and play with freedom in Australia, probably going to get away and um, go on and win the game. But mm. you just never know. If they could um, get a couple of wickets early on day two, the fact that the Australians, uh, partially because of the rain and partially because Smith and Labuschagne at points were going at um, barely more than one run and over, mm. uh, they are definitely in the game. And I think that they are a better lineup um, in this match. I, I, I've got a, a huge amount of time for Mir Hamza, the um, left armer who's come into the side because he's a journeyman with a wonderful first-class record. And I, you know, I'm all about averages. He's got a fantastic average mm. in first-class cricket, which when you look at some of the flat pitches they play on in Pakistan, for him to have got the bowling average in the low 20s, he's pretty good. And they were saying that towards the end of the day, it felt like he was bowling in England with the Dukes ball that was moving it around so much. So, yeah, there's... Um, you know, I was fearful that Australia could be uh, could blow Pakistan out of the water day one, and then that's basically the series done and dusted. That hasn't happened, so that's mm. a that's a good thing, I suppose. And I thought it was good the amount of swing that Pakistan were getting. Some of their bowling, I thought, was a little wayward at times. There are a couple, or more than a couple, of deliveries. Uh, I think one of them went over the wicketkeeper's head. One of them went uh, so wide of him that he couldn't save them. And that's those little things which were letting down the Pakistan side yesterday. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is so frustrating uh, when you're winning a contest and they're going so close to making it, to blowing it open and making it a real contest. But I remember about half an hour after they came back from the rain delay, mm. they put up the graphic, and not a single ball that mm. they'd bowled in that period was going to hit the stumps. And mm. imagine trying to explain to an American, um, this is the elite level, and what's the what's the what's the uh, the the aim of the game here? Well, it's to hit the stumps. Why not a single ball? Now I understand. If you bowl on the stumps, uh, you're going to get work through mid-wicket. But they need to have a, a much greater cluster around the top of off stump. And it looks good when you beat the bat. Michael Holding was always going on about how um, sometimes bowlers beat the bat too much. And he says, people think I'm crazy, but you need to have the courage to pitch it up a little bit more be willing to be driven, and that's how you get the edges. I thought the 30 or 40 minutes, and I just touched on it before the rain delay, and it was a shame the rain came, because, and we all knew it was going to come. It was forecast in Melbourne uh, for a long time ahead of Boxing Day. We spoke to Matty Cox, who normally hosts this show in Melbourne, about it uh, last week um, and the fears for the crowd, which we'll get to in a second. 
But that 30 or 40 minutes when it was under lights, when it was dark, that was some of the best test cricket I've seen in this country for a while. And it goes to show, and we've spoken about this before, how good test cricket can be when it's at the top of its game. Absolutely. And with the the clouds coming Mm. in, that sort of foreboding feeling like this is some sort of fantasy novel that uh, something evil was going to occur. And yeah, Pakistan, although they bowled well in that section, they really probably needed to take a couple of wickets during it. And congratulations to Melbourne for getting the pitch to to this level that uh, we talk about it often. But the the test match in 2017-18 when Alistair Cook scored 250-odd and it was probably the worst pitch ever produced for a a test match, the most boring spectacle you could ever imagine, that was the low point. Mm. And they had to turn it around, and they really have. Uh, So that's, um, you know, and the the Melbourne pitch over the years has copped a lot of criticism. It seems that they finally got this... um, the drop-in pitch really working because you're right. It was it was um, uh, high-quality Test cricket, a great spectacle. Um, but although it was some of the crowd who turned up who might be there for the occasion, um, yeah, it's one for the purists, I think as well. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy this morning. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Any questions for Paul? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text line. Now Dave Warner uh, out for thirty eight. Osman Kwaja out for forty two. I thought both of their dismissals, in particular Dave Warner, just before lunch, not the greatest dismissals. I don't like calling them soft dismissals, but they definitely weren't the best of shots. What did you make in particular? Because, and we've spoken about it, everyone has spoken about it. Dave Warner, he scored 100 in Perth. This time last year, he just made 200, or was just about to make 200 in the Boxing Day test. He'll be kicking himself the way he got out uh, yesterday. And I thought Usman's... Um, wicket as well, was pretty disappointing after both of them making a, a start as well. Yeah, with Warner, I think there was every prospect that it was going to be lunch before he got out. And mm. um, Salman, the, the part-time off-spinner, or better than part-time off-spinner, raced through to make sure that that final over was bowled. And I know that a lot of them did criticise the shot. Mark War uh, criticised it. So far far be it for me to, to not criticise it, but it's the type of shot that Warner plays. Mm. And it was, um, you know, up above the eye line. It was kind of there to be hit. And on another occasion, he'd spank it to, to the fence for four. Mm. And people would say, um, you know, well played, great shot. That's what he does. When you nick it and goes to the slip, then uh, things look different. Kawaja's one was was, an, was a curious one because it looked like it was giving slips practice. Uh, just <laughs> a, like a, a lovely little um, mm. uh, uh, sort of guided edge to second slip. slip. But I think both of them played well. That uh, classic old-fashioned take the shine off the new ball. Um, mm. They did an important job. It doesn't go down as a, a, a glamorous sort of innings, but um, as I said, they did the job. I thought um, Dave Warner, he played some interesting shots throughout his whole innings, to be perfectly honest, especially the one, I don't know if you saw it, where they ended up being de- dead ball, where he pulled out very, very late because I think there were some birds flying over the pitch. That was literally, what, one second before the ball was bowled. Uh, there was a bit of conjecture about whether that should have been a dead ball or not. In the end, he managed to hit it, but I suppose if he had got out and he said he had pulled out of uh, playing the shot, that would have probably been an interesting conversation that would have had to have been had with the umpires. You know what? I think this is shows um, why I like the, the game how it is now as opposed to five or eight years ago where the, some of the nastiness has been taken out of it. Mm. You know, we saw the Pakistanis giving Christmas presents to the Australians just on Christmas Day, which I thought was just lovely. Mm. And I think that everyone's just a bit more grown up now. Like that I could see 10 years ago that becoming a real flashpoint. And mm. this time around it was, yeah, he pulled away. Then at last minute just flapped his bat at it and hit it. It was a, it was a bizarre thing. But 
there's no need for it to become uh, a, a nasty talking point. I think that's a sign that the game has got more mature. Now, a lot of people are listening, oh, no, bring back the biff. We like the aggression. <laughs> uh, but, I, I'm, you know, I'm a bit more old-fashioned. I, I like the way that they're a little bit more sensible these days. And we're going to get you in here. Uh, you'll be in here tomorrow as well and then over the next couple of weeks. Uh, in particular, the Sydney test for Dave Warner and how much that is going to mean to him. And there's going to be a big build-up towards that. No matter what happens in this match, you would hope after all the talk, he would be great to see him finish off with a century, a double century in Sydney, but it's not as easy as that. And hopefully the weather, we're talking about the weather in Melbourne. We'll look at next week, uh, next week, but hopefully the weather in Sydney holds up this year because we have had some issues in Sydney with rain and test matches over the past three or four years. It's become something that I actually get nervous about. I should be looking forward to the Sydney test match this year. Now I'm like, Rick Finlay has this horrible stat. Um, he's the ABC statistician of most days lost to rain in, t- in history in Australia. And the mm. Sydney cricket ground is, I think it's more than every other ground combined. And it's mm. kind of, as someone, I think Sydney weather's lovely, but it's kind of hard to defend it when every year um, the rain seems to occur. So I- I'd love David Warner to go out with a bang, but you've got to acknowledge there is that percentage of the population who still aren't happy with him, but I'm not one of them. I'm, I think he's done his time and good luck to him. Speaking of the weather today in Melbourne, uh, we're expecting a shower or two, a top of 23 degrees. So that is a lot better uh, than yesterday. And that weather update, by the way, is for learn to surf this summer at Urban Surf Melbourne. Book now and score waves. And then we look at the rest of uh, the week ahead. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, but 21. Friday, no rain, 22. Saturday, uh, no rain, 19. So we should be able to get through the rest of the test match fairly unscathed. Before I get your thoughts on how I th- how you think day two is going to go, the crowd. Uh, so ended up being around 62,000 there as a total at the height. What did you make of it? Because we spoke the other day about how many um, people thought that they would get in. Uh, I still think more than the Perth Test match uh, combined over the four days it was played there. What do you think of the crowd? Pretty good. Mm. Um, you know, I think that um, 62,000, uh, as you said, more than the entire uh, attendance at Perth. And it's it's more than the capacity, the, more than the capacity of almost every cricket ground in the world. Uh, so to... it's can't be too disappointed with a crowd of 62,000. It will be interesting to see what, what turns up today. Mm. And there's always a drop-off after Boxing Day onto, onto day two. I fear that with the um, a little bit of weather around on day two as well, we, we might be struggling to get anywhere near that on day two. But, yeah, it was it was interesting. Basil Zempelis, uh, was it the, the mayor of Perth, yes. sending out a tweet saying, um, where are they all? It's not like they can go to the beach. And so there's this bizarre war that's mm. erupted between Melbourne and Perth over the last few weeks. And every single Melbourneian felt like replying, well, yeah, you know, 62,000, that is more than the entirety of the Perth Test match um, combined. Although last night they got 42,000 yeah. in, in Perth for, for the Scorchers. So they certainly, um, again, it's also worth mentioning that Melbourne is uh, two and a half times the size of, of, mm. of Perth. And when you get to t- start the test on, a, on an iconic public holiday, you're always going to get more people in. Um, but yeah, I, I've got no complaints about the crowd. Now, listening, just before a break, listening to some of our coverage uh, yesterday, Jared Waitley uh, only briefly mentioned it because he didn't really want to get into it about the potential of a midday start on Boxing Day. Now, uh, his reasoning behind it is it is the day after Christmas, a 10.30 start if there's no rain, maybe a bit early for some families because, uh, as we were just talking about, he made the point, a lot of people made the point, that the crowd did build up throughout the day. Now, if the rain hadn't have come, maybe they would have got even more than the 62,000. Um, 
I'll get your thoughts on it first. Midday start Boxing Day test, would that ever happen? Because you would then have going from midday to about 8 p.m. But even yesterday, we saw stumps at 7 p.m. due to the rain. So not wouldn't be too much different to what we saw yesterday apart from the rain. What do we think? I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen because we want to be traditional. We want to start at 10.30 or 11 o'clock. But midday start Boxing Day test, you supportive of it? Yeah, Cautiously, I don't mind it. I mean, certainly, I mean, if, if I'm any guide, I was kind of, um, I missed the start of the test match. And because I'm a bit special, I ended up watching every ball on replay and mm. fast forwarding between the balls. But yeah, 10.30 was too early for me on, mm. on Boxing Day. And I wasn't actually having to travel to the ground. So mm. I love the idea in principle. Um, it's kind of interesting because there's been talk in the past of should Boxing Day become a pink ball test match? And everyone has different views on that. Some say, well, why would you want to, uh, change what's working so well. And others say, well, we're getting big crowds now. Imagine the enormous crowds we could get if it was a pink ball test. This could be a kind of a tiptoeing in that direction. Uh, Melbourne, the sun set in, in this time of year is very, very late. So mm. um, in theory, the light shouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have the, I don't know how the broadcasters would feel about it, but they, you know, primetime cricket uh, would be verging into. I think, I think, I think there are some legs to it. But do, is Jerry talking about having Boxing Day itself that time and then moving back to the normal start for the rest of the test? That's a good question. He didn't go into uh, that. I, I think with the test match, you'd have to start at the same you day. Think every so, yeah. Day. Yeah. Our thoughts on that, especially listeners in Melbourne, but right around Australia, not just for people that might be going to the test match who went yesterday, who've been to various Boxing Day tests, but even people like yourself and me watching it on TV, which was the vast majority of the country who was watching it uh, yesterday. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. A few texts there. We'll get to them after the break. 0457 736 736 or 433 16. Before we go to that break, Australia 3 for 187. Marnus Lubbershay not out 44. Travis Head not out 9. How do we see day 2 unfolding with not too much rain around? Uh, as I said, I think the uh, the innings of Travis Head is going to be key. Um, he was quite subdued uh, in the end of day 1, naturally. But he will come out and play his shots. And if he has a little bit of luck and gets away, then I can see Australia... Uh, careering, careering away and, um, you know, winning the test match without too much trouble. But mm. Pakistan, a couple of early wickets, the, the, there is some rain forecast, as you said, for the day. So when they are on and out there, the, the odds are it's going to be overcast. It's going to be potentially quite difficult for batting. The new ball is about, a, was it 11 overs away? Um, if Pakistan are going to do anything in this series, now is the time. And I think they started the match at, um, they were given a 6% chance of winning Pakistan couple of early wickets uh, tomorrow, and if they then get to bat uh, when the weather starts to fine up as the match continues, you just never know. All right. Your thoughts on all of that in particular? Uh, happy to hear from you if you went to the test match yesterday, some of the test match yesterday, in particular the midday start to the Boxing Day test. would be happy to hear from you uh, whether you think that would be a good idea or you're happy with the 10.30 start or anything from day one of the uh, cricket. It's for the Makita XGT, our power play this morning, uh, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. We'll get to your texts after the break. Also want to talk about sport on Christmas Day and the potential of the Big Bash uh, happening on Christmas Day. It's a topic that comes up at this time every year. We'll get stuck into that in a moment. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736 or 0433-981116. We'll take a break. Back with more of Paul Dennett. 
Good to have you, Carpney. Traders News in a nutshell right across Australia this morning. Daniel Pedro with you before the breakfast shows get underway in about 35, just over 35 minutes time from now. Uh, now, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number. A bit different for some of our listeners. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll get to a text in just a second. There is EPL going on at the moment. And we do this for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it. Uh, and it is Burnley playing Liverpool. Liverpool travelling away from home. And at the moment, Liverpool leading Burnley one goal to nil. There is another game coming up, a pretty important game coming up uh, in around about 90 or so minutes time from now. Manchester United will take on Aston Villa. And there have been some games overnight as well. I'll get to those results shortly. Tomorrow on the show, Paul Dennett in the studio with me. He'll be back tomorrow. And we'll also talk to John Gallo, who's my uh, expert on Tradies News. Nuts. Show in New South Wales and Queensland. This is we're very familiar with him. We'll talk all things EPL with him then. Text here from Bondo Jack uh, says, Dan, hoping you had a very Merry Christmas and wishing you a happy and great New Year. Kind regards, Bondi Jack. Thank you, Bondi Jack. Looking forward to talking plenty of rugby league with you. Uh, over the next 12 months. Although this is probably, I would say, Paul, the quietest two weeks I reckon you get in an NRL or AFL season where especially these days in either the major football codes, you get news 24-7. There's been a lot of NRL headlines recently, a lot of AFL headlines. Christmas week, New Year week, it goes a little quiet and then it starts all up again. Uh, yeah, we were talking off air about um, the uh, buying traditional uh, hard copy newspapers. And mm. I remember many years ago, around about this year, around, around about this time of year, going through the sport and it was in the, the Telegraph and there was not a single rugby league article. Mm. And I thought... That is a first. Um, that is very, very rare. Um, normally, yeah, even during the middle of summer, you'll get, in the old days, two or three days on the cricket, and there'd still be two or three days on NRL and all the, the, the gossip and the transfer news and everything else. So, yeah, very quiet time. Um, 50 weeks in the year busy and two weeks quiet. Yes, and I think uh, it's, it's, it's good to have a bit of a break from uh, the major football codes, but I think we're all looking forward to them getting back underway and all the news. Uh, and we'll get to all of that uh, early next year, I'm sure. Once we get through New Year, we're ready to go again. Uh, so you can get in contact 0457 736 736 or 0433 98 especially on this sport on Christmas Day. Now, we, again, had the basketball. We know the Sydney Kings played last year. They also played the other night. We also had another match down in Tasmania. Um, firstly, your personal thoughts. Before we talk about the potential of the Big Bash ever playing on Christmas Day, are you a fan of sport on Christmas Day or do you not like it? I'm a fan. Um, thinking about my own experience on Christmas Day, um, sometimes I could see that we'd all be just too tired and we'd fall asleep and it wouldn't be on. But mm. especially um, this Christmas, uh, I think we were craving something like that, that everyone was sitting around having a great time. But mm. if there'd been Big Bash on the TV, uh, I reckon we would have all been watching it and, and enjoying it. And I think that it's, it's well uh, documented that mm. you look at America and if, if there was ever going to be a country that wouldn't play on Christmas Day, it would be America. Yet they've got the end... Um, They've got the NBA kind of like coast to coast. You can watch five games, I think, uh, using the taking advantage of their time zones. And I believe they all do great business in terms of ratings. I, I think, yeah, if we had, you'd start at late, maybe, maybe oh. a four o'clock sort of game. The players probably don't like it. Uh, and I understand that. I respect that, that a player would say, gosh, you know, we, we play, especially the ones who play at the international level, we are playing so often. Please just give us Christmas Day to have with our families. I get that. And, um, I sympathise with them, but I still, 
I think it's an opportunity being missed at the moment. Well, I have a chat with Chris Perkins on Friday. I was talking, based in America, I was talking to him last week about it, about everything that happens, all the sport that happens around the Christmas period and indeed on Christmas Day. I'll, I'll send him a message and get him to do some research on the ratings and how it did rate uh, Christmas Day because I'm sure it would be massive right across uh, the country. I can give you a very irrelevant stat on yes. that. In uh, this is, I'm, I'm going to enjoy saying this. Yep. Uh, Christmas Day 1928, they had a Sheffield Shield game. Oh, did they? That um, landed on Christmas Day. Mm. It was like day day two or day three. Mm. They got a crowd of 15,000 at the MCG on that day. So that's there you go. Pretty good. Not Pretty sure that's good. relevant 95 years ago, but there you have it. You never know. Maybe <laughs> they can go back to that. I, I um, made the point last week that Australia is one of the only countries that doesn't have something on Christmas night. Now, obviously, with Australia, it's very different because generally it's warm in most parts and we light until 8 o'clock or well, 9 o'clock at night. Now, America has sport... The UK doesn't have sport on Christmas Day, but having spent some Christmases over there, you go home or you may be at home or whatever, but from about 6pm onwards, they've got all their big TV shows that they show, all the soaps, all the dramas, but they get 10, 11 million people watching them at night. Now, clearly that wouldn't happen here with any TV show, really. The Matilda's got, what, five or six million, but generally speaking, there's something on there, there's something on in America, and I think... My personal opinion, and having spoken to a person that actually went to the Kings game on uh, Monday night, and that was his first time going to the Kings game on Christmas Day. He hadn't gone last year. He thought it was great. Um, He, like you, like me, do feel sorry for the people that maybe don't want to be involved in Christmas Day, whether it's the players or the people that have to work. But there are a lot of people, and Paul Smith, um, the Sydney Kings owner, was on breakfast through SCN 1170 AM in Sydney the other morning on Friday morning saying, look, there are a lot of people that for various reasons are happy to work Christmas Day. Um, I think they kept the crowd at around 9,000 there, so they didn't have as many people behind the bar and so forth. But I, I-, I like the idea Does it happen with the Big Bash? Because everyone was talking about the fact that five, ten years ago, everyone thought the Big Bash would be the first thing that would be played on Christmas Day. Basketball now ahead of that. It looks like that's not going anywhere. Can we see Big Bash cricket on Christmas Day? I think the players are probably um, the biggest objectors at the moment. From what I've heard in the past, whenever it's been put to the players, they have said, no, we're not keen. Mm. And as I I totally get that. Um, Mm. But... I also think it's the sort of thing that everything's negotiable these days. And I, I think that, I think it is inevitable. Mm. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen in the next year or two, but I think once they start doing it, they'll mm. think, why didn't we do this years before? And sure, there'll be some players who aren't all that keen, mm. but I think they'll come around and realise it, it's, it, as I said, it's an opportunity being missed at the moment. And when you think about your own Christmas night and interested to hear from the listeners as well, one 300 one 1170 0457 736 736 or 0433 98 a lot of people have the big Christmas lunch. Now, there are people like you who went to two different uh, venues and there were people that maybe do dinner instead of lunch. So everyone is different, but... I think a lot of people, like I know myself, I was at home by six o'clock on Christmas night um, and I was looking for stuff to watch. Now, in this day and age, there's always something to watch. You can go on the various streaming platforms, you can listen to something, whatever. But And I, and I was watching a bit about the basketball, but it would be great to have something to sit down and watch. Um, basketball does a great job of it. To have cricket as well, be fantastic. Well, actually, at our one yesterday, and uh, the day before, now mm. that I remember it, we had the Griswold family Christmas on, you know, Chevy Chase. Yes. Um, yep. I think with the, with the sound fairly low and everyone was kind of lolling around like they'd been hit by a bus. And mm. 
but there was about 15, 20 people on, on uh, my cousin's got a really big screen TV mm. watching a movie from 30 years ago. Admittedly, a pretty funny movie. Mm. You think if they'd had a, a real blockbuster game of Big Bash cricket on, um, it, it could really work. Yeah, 0457 736 736, agree. 0433 98 11 16. I understand your point, Rui, the players, though. If the players don't want to take part in it, it would make it hard because then you're not going to have a game. So I understand their point of view. It, it must be tricky. You'd almost have to have it where you'd have a Melbourne derby or a Sydney derby. You couldn't have, and that's what we saw this year in the basketball. We had the Sydney Kings up against Illawarra, whereas last year you had a Sydney playing Melbourne, which didn't quite, it worked in terms of an event, but not great for the Melbourne players who had to travel to Sydney either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and miss out on the day with uh, with friends or family or whatever they're doing. So I think it would have to be a local game. I reckon a Sydney derby and potentially the, um, a Sydney derby out at Homebush, the smaller venue where you don't have to worry about getting uh, the, the optics of it if the crowd's not so big, mm. starting the game at four o'clock in the afternoon or even a nighttime game, um, I, I think that would work really well. It's a good point. That, that might mollify the players a little bit if they could say, well, you, um, you can still be in your hometown mm. and uh, have some semblance of Christmas and then come on and play in the, in the afternoon or evening. I know this is a topic uh, yesterday for the shows that were on air, but happy to hear from you this morning as well. 0457 736 736, 0433 98 11 16 or 1300 01 11 70. Sport on Christmas Day. Are you a fan? Are you not? Would you like to see more? Would you like to see less of it? And I'd love to hear from someone, and uh, I know they probably might be on all this, but anyone that was at the Kings game uh, or down in Tasmania yesterday, uh, on, on Monday, sorry, who went to the matches. It would be fantastic to hear. As I say, I have a mate, big Kings fan. Um, he goes to most Kings matches, he said, even though they lost, which was disappointing for him, 94-90 it was in the end, very happy to be there on Christmas Day. And he had a Christmas lunch. He went out and did all of that and then went to the Kings game. Uh, text here, uh, Dan and Paul, uh, cricket is so stupid and thoughtless. Uh, the ICC, blah, blah. Uh, today ended, or yesterday ended uh, at 7 p.m. after 66 overs bathed in sunshine. What of the who? Uh, what of the stakeholders who pay their wages uh, bring on Xmas Day big bash league? I understand uh, what the text is saying, and I, I do sort of agree. 66 overs ending at 7 p.m. Is there something we could do about that? Because I saw someone tweet yesterday who was at the MCG, um, and I must say when it started raining, I flicked off and watched other stuff and flicked back on when the match resumed. He tweeted that for a large part of that afternoon, the rain had stopped, but there was no play happening. Is there something that they could do differently there? Well, the only thing I can say in defence of cricket is that it is – it is better than it once was. It's it's not ideal now, but mm. back in the day, they, they, the thing that used to be most farcical was that they were so immovable. Mm. I can vividly remember games where it was raining from 11 a.m. and the rain stopped at 1 p.m. Mm. and they had lunch with the, the blazing sunshine. And mm. it was like, but they said, we, we cannot move the lunch break. Yeah. And they finally realized, okay, we can move the lunch break. Now they do, um, they played it, Two as late as 7 p.m. Uh, by allow you're allowed to play for an extra hour, which then it becomes an extra hour and a half because of the slow over rate that always exists. Day two, they'll start half an hour early. Um, so they have made some um, movements to improve, but any time that there is uh, sunshine and a uh, large audience in play at the ground and there's no cricket occurring, you just look at it and think cricket is crazy. The one that I find the craziest is when there's when they go off for bad light these days in a test match. Oh. And again, try to explain to American 
Uh, why are they going off for bad light? They've got blazing um, floodlights. Mm. Oh, it's because the ball can't be seen. Why don't they invent a better ball? Oh, we have. We've mm. got one. Um, we've got a white ball. We've got a pink ball. Mm. Why can't we use that? Because, no, you're not allowed to do that. On the Texas point, no, Jack, on, on the Texas point, why couldn't we play past 7 p.m. last night? I'm sure there's several different reasons, but it's still light. The weather's still okay. They've got lights. As you mentioned earlier, it's not um, dark in Melbourne until 8, 8.30 at this time of the year. Couldn't they have just kept playing? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's that they grudgingly have um, made that move that you can play for an hour extra each day. Mm. Um, there's no reason that they couldn't say, um, if, if, if you can do it, play for, for two hours extra. I suppose it comes down to sometimes for the players, um, we, we've got to understand the impact it does have on them. And people say, oh, cricket, you're standing around. But it is mm. quite a physical sport. And if you're expected to be um, up for it from as you know 10.30 in the morning all the way through to, say, 8 o'clock at night and then come back the next morning and do it again, mm. injuries can occur. I suppose there's expenses as well in terms True. of catering staff and broadcasting issues. But in, in principle, I kind of agree. And some, some people go to the extra, next level and say, well, if the forecast is, is such and such, why don't we start even earlier to take advantage of when, yep. when the... And I get all that. Mm. Um, and I think that there is some move... There is some room for cricket to go even further than they once have, than they have now, but um, they were once even worse. Yeah. All right. Interested to get your take on that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457-736-736. You can also uh, text 0433-98-1116. Uh, we're overdue a break. Then we'll get on to the Big Bash. A couple of texts there I'll get your thoughts on as well. Good to have your company. Breakfast not too far away, but this is Tradies News in a nutshell. Yeah, good to have your company. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. our open line number. You can text one of two numbers this morning, 0457 736 736, or if you prefer, 0433 on the temper text line. Now, uh, a couple of texts here. Uh, this one, good morning. I don't know what that person who I referenced on Twitter was talking about. It was still raining up until approximately 4.30 yesterday. Any rain falling, no matter how light, they won't come back out. It then takes time to get the crown playable. Yeah, no, I realise that any rain is not going to, if it's raining at all, they're not going to come back out. But I do think it's a pet peeve when they're off the field for bad light, when it's not been raining for a while. Maybe yesterday wasn't the best example, but it does happen still quite a bit in cricket. Yeah, and I think that the umpires have a difficult job because you don't want to come back too early and have a player slip over and get injured, and, and that would be a, a horrible situation. But there sometimes feels as though there's not the urgency that there should be you sometimes see the umpires walking out very calmly chatting away and there's a crowd and you're thinking, come on, let's do everything we can to get them back even 15 minutes earlier than that, than they are than they otherwise would be. Mm. Dean says on the text line in the big bash every year, they should have Melbourne versus Melbourne under the roof at Marvel stadium on Christmas day in the evening when people are relaxing, many people won't like it, but I'd go for sure. And I think that seems to be not the general consensus because there are a lot of people that are against Christmas day sport or wouldn't go, but I like, I, I have no issue with it. If you want to be able to attend, attend, and I think that's a great idea in Melbourne, Sydney, wherever, uh, Derby, it'd have to only be Melbourne or Sydney. I think that's great. I tell you what, I agree, but I think once the floodgates, once the um, the, the floodgates could open, I could see mm. having that and then actually having a game in Perth later on and mm. some poor team's going to have to travel to Perth and have their Christmas there, but they'd get 60,000. If, you know, if, you, if you eventually got it as, a, as a, a Christmas Day tradition in the evening in Perth, I think that could be a huge success as well. Yeah, I, I think once it starts, 
when it does start, if it does start, I think it will take off pretty quickly. Uh, this text, no name on it, but uh, they say Australia should play five or six tests against different international teams each summer. They play five or six away tests against the same teams during that calendar year by playing South Africa, England, India, New Zealand, Pakistan, West Indies, etc. What do you reckon to that? Five or six tests against different international teams each summer. I don't know if... I kind of understand their point in this summer. We've got three against Pakistan, two against the West Indies, but... Mm. Well, yeah, I think that... Um in principle, I would love to see uh, much more test cricket. And it's unfortunately, it's going in the other direction. That mm. This year, take COVID out, this year has had fewer test matches globally than any year recently. And there's a stat that's being uh, trotted out a lot that as we stand, uh, Usman Kawaja has faced more balls in test cricket this year than South Africa has, mm. um, which is because South Africa's, I think, played only three test matches. They're currently playing in a test match against India, but that shows that, look, yeah, that uh, the, the state of test cricket in Australia is in a very, very healthy position compared to almost everywhere else in the world. Um, England, Australia and India, we say it all the time, but outside of those... Um, it's a really uh, a format that's really struggling, unfortunately. And we might talk more uh, tomorrow about the interest in cricket uh, generally at the moment. And we spoke about it a bit last week, just the interest in test cricket at uh, the moment as well. Uh, this text here from Joe Morning. Uh, I know lots of families celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, so they have nothing to do. Christmas Day sport would be great. Again, another one pro Christmas Day sport. Yeah, and um, I think that, the, the, the number of people who might not be that interested in it, well, that's fine. That They would just not watch it. Mm. And the, the, you've only got to get um, a small percentage who are, and I, I think that there'd be plenty who would be. So, yeah, uh, I'm all for it. Now, uh, we'll talk more about the Big Bash generally tomorrow, but a bit about from last night, a text here from Alex, uh, from Al, sorry, Big Al first. Daniel, uh, Aaron Hardy's development continues to progress with him being appointed captain of the Scorchers. In his first game, he didn't disappoint, securing a hard-fought win. Cheers, Big Al. Uh, two games last night in the Big Bash. The first one in Sydney, the Melbourne Stars getting a victory. Then the game in Perth. We'll get your general thoughts on the Big Bash tomorrow. Uh, running a bit short of time now. But on those two matches last night, in particular, a bit of a controversial uh, incident in that first game between the Sixers and the Stars. Yeah, it was a, a really good catch that uh, Moses Arekas took. Uh, diving high above the, the ground at, at mid-on, almost he hurt his shoulder in landing. But it's one of those ones that when he landed, the ball was very close to the to the turf and it went to the replay. And I think everyone just thought, oh, this is going to be one of these ones that unfortunately is going to have to be struck down. But uh, it was given out to the bemusement of many because people remember Mitchell Stark taking a catch in the ashes where he slid along the ground and the ball was kind of touching mm. the surface and it looked very similar. Uh, what I thought was really cool was that the third umpire, Claire Polishak, actually came onto the coverage and explained what occurred. And I think there should be more of this, that uh, officials get being given the opportunity to explain their decisions because she um, revealed that there's still a soft signal in the Big Bash. So hardened cricket fans will know that in Test Cricket, it used to be that when they had to refer a catch as to whether it was caught or not, the umpire on the field would, would take a guess and sort of say either yes or no, which made sense if it was maybe a slips catch, made a lot less sense if it was a catch 80 metres away. They've got rid of that in Test Cricket. They've kept that in the Big Bash. And so... The third umpire felt that she didn't have enough reason to overturn it, but I still think it probably is one of these ones that probably should have been overturned. Trent Copeland sent out an interesting tweet saying we should switch to the NFL rules and mm. say basically if you've got control of it, um, clear demonstrated control, it kind of doesn't matter if it then brushes the ground. And I really like that idea. I think they should do something because at the moment it's almost as though we're um, 
clamping down on one of the best bits of the game. We're finding ways to have great catches overturned, and that's not in um, the interest of cricket, I don't think. It is interesting what you said about the officials being... Uh, you could hear them over the loudspeakers. It's something that Rugby League does very well with the, the bunker. They don't always get it right, but quite often uh, you hear what they're saying, at least definitely at home. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you don't hear everything, but most of the things you do hear, I think, yeah, more that you hear the officials explain what their decisions and how they've come to that decision, the better, I reckon. Yeah, and I think they should do it with sometimes with ball tracking. Sometimes mm. uh, everyone thinks that's hitting the stumps. Ball tracking shows it's going over the top, and then everyone's, oh, there's, there's something wrong with it. I'd say be transparent. Come out the next day, show the algorithm behind, get someone, one of the commentators in there to, to examine it all, admit it if they got it wrong, or if they got it right, um, be open and honest and defend it. And I think it'd be great television as well. One final text before I let you go. Uh, this one says, get India and Pakistan here every two years to play in Australia. The crowd, crowds would be massive. Well, that's another way you could potentially do it. It would just depend on different schedules, of course, uh, for those teams. Well, i tell you what, the, mm. the, the talk is getting them both to come out here and play each other. Yes, um, I think that's, yeah. I oh, think, is it yeah, doing that? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that would be very, very cool. Uh, uh a test match between India and Pakistan at the MCG, that would be something to... It would be uh, one of the really sort of landmark sporting events of the year. I'd be all for it. And again, it would be another way to promote test cricket, which we'll get stuck into tomorrow because that has it flown for you that hour. Yeah, that's very quick. Especially at this time in the morning. Different times around Australia. Uh, what's on for today? Just watching more cricket, basically? Watching more cricket, getting a scan on my shoulder. Oh, so, yes. yeah, that's um, that'll be something fun. Um, and hopefully I get confirmation. A bit of physio is all that's required to get me back to back to full fitness but yeah other than that um a lot of cricket today perfect mate thank you for coming in you'll be back in uh tomorrow we'll get stuck into all of that we'll also talk uh, epl with john geller you'll stick around for that tomorrow as well looking forward to it thank you mate paul Dennett in the studio he'll be back with me tomorrow and over the next few weeks uh, on the phone and in the studio as uh, well keep those texts coming in uh 1300 1170 the open line number you can text 0457 736 736 or the temper text line 0433 98 11 back with more text and to wrap things up in just a second you're listening to tradies news in a nutshell right across australia this morning one 1170 our open line number. You can text one of two numbers this morning. That'll be the case right throughout this week. 0457 736 736 or 0433 Let's finish with some of those texts. Kingswood Welder, apologies. Uh, most of your texts missing. Uh, so send the same one through tomorrow and I promise you I'll read it out. Uh, but I only got the end of it that says she. That's it. Uh, so please send it back through again uh, and we'll read it out tomorrow. This text uh, here says 12 millimetres in the water gauge in 10 minutes. It it's heading towards the MCG now. Well, uh, looking at the weather forecast, as I mentioned with Paul a little earlier on, looking for a maximum of 23 in Melbourne today, and then only a shower or two. Uh, high chance of showers most likely in the morning and the afternoon. So that's already that helpful, is it? But hopefully uh, not as much uh, play loss to rain as yesterday. Uh, he, they also say until fielding teams can bowl 15 overs an hour, crowds will be down. Uh, you pay for 90 overs of cricket per day. Well, yes, you do. And that's something we will talk to Paul Dennett about tomorrow when he joins me about the fact that we are not getting 90 overs in basically any day of test cricket, rain or no rain. Thank you for all your texts this morning. EPL at the moment. Uh, 68 minutes gone. Liverpool still leading Burnley 1-0. Liverpool leading Burnley 1-0. As I say, uh, in about an hour's time, Manchester United will take on Aston Villa. A few games played overnight, though, and Boxing Day fixtures. Nottingham Forest 3 over Newcastle 1. Luton Town getting a win over Sheffield United. Well done to Luton Town. 3-2 over Sheffield United 
and Bournemouth 3-0 over Fulham. Tomorrow on the show, as well as Paul Dedit, we will talk uh, EPL with John Gallo on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that one. Thank you for your company today on this Wednesday morning. News coming up, and then it's breakfast right across the country. Paul Dedit, John Gallo, special guest on this show tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the cricket. Coverage continues right after breakfast here on SDN. But breakfast is next.